This is a Kitty Pod production. Shannon Sharp's celebrity NBA deathmatch will not be seen tonight, so that we may bring you a program featuring somebody else who deserves a punch in the face. From Television City in Hollywood. Welcome to episode number 175 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the most above average podcast ever to hit your ear holes. My name, of course, and as always, is Jason Bullet. The regulator, innovator, dominator, creator, a theta, plus the imitator, assassinator, baby. I demand the hour to member the power, too sweet to be sour. I'm your prion. That's right, it's me, Smokey Bear. Gosh, what a neat guy. I'm coming to you from the rolling and now snow-covered hills of Saratoga County, New York. Here we are towards the end of January 2023, and we're almost one month into 2023. My goodness gracious, they to be repetitive, but there you go. All right, we're going to keep on the autism theme here. I talked autism and dating. Well, I've been thinking about this. I haven't talked about it yet. Our theme this week, or whenever it is you're listening to it, is autism in the workplace. I wound up calling an audible. Hopefully I can go back to the previous topic with some personal reactions either next week or in some future episode. I should probably just abandon the idea altogether. But anyway, let's get on with the show here. We start with my social media plugs. There's the Keep It To Yourself Instagram feed at Keep It To Yourself Podcast. And the Kitty Pod Facebook page. You can also hit me up on the email, the world's loneliest email, kitypod at gmail.com. Okay, we're into the vanity portion, and this is going to be brief because not much has happened in the life of one J. Michael Bullet apart from the two snowstorms that we had this past week. First one bigger than the other. It said like three to six inches, like, all right, manageable. But then it got jacked up during the time. My nephew goes to school in nearby Mechanicville. He wound up originally having a two-hour delay, as did the other school district off to the west. But then I checked later on, they wound up having the day off, calling off classes. So a three-day weekend for the second week in a row. What are we going to do? Thankfully, I worked from home. I didn't have to go out on the roads. I was going to go grocery shopping that night, but then I postponed it. And then I found out, well, we're going to get another snowstorm. So I had to postpone that again. But here we are, folks. But before the storms began, and this is something I've been doing since sometime before Christmas, and that is most every Saturday I've been tagging along with my dad and his companion to go watch my nephew's basketball games. Now, 
there's this uh, youth basketball league. It's not junior NBA per se, but they did get permission to use the team names, colors, etc. Some of their branding. And my nephew is on the Bucks. And the way these games are set up every Saturday, we go to the local high school. And instead of going across the court, they split the court in two. So they have two games going on at once. And that's how it's been right along. Well, this series, I record this, it'll be the last one of the afternoon. He's got a tip off at 4.15. Well, my nephew's team faced the team they were called the Warriors. And it was a bit of a bruising game. Now, like 9, 10, almost 11 years old. Somewhere around there. And I can remember, like, the referees here with this youth league, they're telling, you know, explaining the rules of the game, you know, trying to fill in from where the coaches take over or do their bit where, you know, just volunteering off the sideline, just, you know, yelling out and starting like, move around, come on, get on your main, something like that. Well, it was a bit of a bruising game. I can overhear uh, the referees telling the kids, all right, you got, you know, no reaching in, you know, don't get your hand caught in the cookie jar as it were. Well, we ended the game here. One of the players on the other team was going up for a basket. Uh, probably going for a layup or something, as much as you can do when you're like 9, 10 years old. And he laid on the court right at the end of the game, and it looked like a serious situation. We're all like, oh my goodness. But I think he hurt his shoulder or something. Nothing serious. Didn't have to go to the hospital or anything, but he got up and we applauded. So it was a discordant end to an otherwise enjoyable afternoon of basketball. I'm recording this about 25 years after I had my own hoop dreams, and I played basketball at the YMCA in Saratoga Springs, New York, the old hometown. And we played in this recreational league. We went undefeated, 12-0, stormed it, won the championship too. So that was amazing. And I'm thinking about doing the basketball bit myself again at this athletics facility right near Bullet House here in the Rolling Hills. And no word yet as to whether that's going to take place or when it's going to take place, really. But I'll keep you posted on that. You might get bored with it after a while. I should think so, too. All right, then. That's the vanity portion clip. We'll talk more sports later on in the show. But right now, I want to quickly get to my main topic, and that is autism in the workplace. All right, folks, we're now at the main topic of this episode, and it's about autism in the workplace. Now, it's an undeniable fact that regardless of where you fall in the spectrum of neurotypical behavior or mindset, really, we all have jobs to do. We all need to work and earn money and whatnot for our various obligations. And some of us are lucky enough to be employed, have fulfilling jobs, go on to great careers so we can retire and spend the last years of our life in as close to good comfort as we could possibly get. But I went on this website called verywellhealth.com and this was written last year and they list 10 things to know about autism and employment and here's one of them right here. Actually, number one is the ugly truth is most autistic adults are underemployed. The article goes on to say that fewer than half of autistic adults are employed, and of those, many have only part-time jobs or are doing work for which they are overqualified. 
Raise my hand in case you're wondering. Yeah, it's like a podcast. You can't see it. However, autistic people work as volunteers or in programs that are outside the mainstream. Volunteer, I'm like, you're not getting any money for this. The website goes on to list some reasons here. I'll post the link in the show notes. I'll make sure to do that. There's a few key reasons why those of us who are grown-ups on the spectrum end up in these positions. Number one, low expectations. Few schools and sometimes even families expect their children who are on the spectrum to find satisfying careers. If they happen to have extraordinary skills, that's the exception that proves the rule. However, the lowered expectations for most children on the spectrum can be detrimental to their self-confidence. Number two, competition and challenges. Those of us on the spectrum have to compete for positions to get a job in the community at large. Now, for those of us who are neurodivergent, it can be a real challenge. And that's saying the least of it right there, especially our social skills don't really stand up to what society expects of us. These are challenges that could prove detrimental to their performance in job interviews and make it hard for them, if they are hired, to successfully engage with coworkers. I know I've had some of that trouble myself. Some of us grown-ups on the spectrum also find it a challenge to manage the physical requirements of the workplace, especially of sensory issues like, you know, sound, light, it's too loud, it's too bright, one thing or another. And they may not have any control over them in these settings. I'm like, there's somebody else pulling the strings in that regard. And there's a third reason, and that's the lack of programs. Most of these programs that are meant to help those of us on the spectrum and, you know, all those on the spectrum, you know, everybody in that regard. Words fail me now. <laughs> right there. Anyway, most programs that were designed for disabled adults did not have autism type in mind when they first came to be. Rather, they were, and sadly still are, intended to work for people with either physical or intellectual disabilities. And probably people who have trouble speaking the English language, like you heard right there. So, I mean, autism had yet to really get in people's minds when these programs were were created back, I don't know, probably like 60s, 70s, whatever that was, long before I was born. So, there you have it right there. So, hopefully... In the decades to come, or years ahead, they'll start to bake stuff in like this. Now, another reason here, I'm not going to read every one. The fourth reason they say that adult services vary by location. Now, most adult programs and services are paid for and managed by the state. New York State is no exception. We have this thing called Access VR, which if I, I, I don't quote me on it, but it goes something like, Adult continuing education, something, something, dark side. I don't know. <laughs> this is great podcasting. I'm telling you right now. So, oh, I got ACCESVR, which is called Adult Career and Continuing Education Services Vocational Rehabilitation. And from my time at my previous workplace, that's how I first got to be familiar with it or, you know, have some cursory experience with it when it came to. You know, these programs, I think it help, you know, get you into colleges or, you know, get financial aid. Or if you want to go like a trade school or you want to be a, uh, you know, a hairdresser or 
some such like that, something like a vocational school or BOCI, something like that. The most resource for autistic people, cities on the coast like Los Angeles, Boston, Washington, D.C. I'm further inland, so I got New York State to take care of me. You ever think Saratoga County or Town Half Moon would have something like that for me? Who knows? And I'm, this is a podcast that obviously goes out to everybody everywhere all at once. And so where you live, this may not apply to you. You'll have a different program. Something else of that nature, the old saying goes, your mileage may vary. According to research from Stanford University and this website, autistic people in the United States live an average of, get this, 22 miles from a diagnostic center and half the distance from the closest autism resource. For example, employment and education and like that. Just for the record, my local branch of the Autism Society their headquarters is in Schenectady, and that's about a good uh, half hour or so drive from Bullet House here in the Rolling Hills. Now, relative to their populations, and this corroborates and maybe collaborates with what I talked about just seconds ago, Montana, Connecticut, Colorado, Rhode Island had the most resources for adult services for those on the spectrum. Meanwhile, West Virginia, Kentucky, and Maine had the fewest resources. I'll bet Vermont is probably towards the low end of that one. New York would probably be high end or somewhere in the middle. All right, another reason according to Very Well Health, agencies are just starting to understand autism. I also mentioned that just moments ago. Most state and federal agencies, according to this website, I'm going to be saying that a lot in this segment, (laughs) they're only starting to understand what it means to support adults on the spectrum. Agencies are doing their best to catch up with the needs of a fast-growing group of autistic adults. Unfortunately, they're also tussling with limitations in funding and just good old-fashioned red tape. So autism self-advocates and parents are going to have to be the ones to provide information and keep the agencies up to date, make sure everybody's doing their thing. Well, speaking of these resources, they are available. They're out there. You just got to look for them. There are a number of organizations throughout the United States and throughout the world, too, if I had to imagine. And their purpose is to inform those about services for individuals on the autism spectrum. But here's the challenge. You've got to ask the right questions of the right people at the right time. you really got to have everything, you know, all your faculties in the groove, as it were. Now, generally, they put like the ARC, which is the Association for Retarded Citizens, I think it's what it's called. Don't quote me on it. Easter Seal's another one, maybe. Autism Society, I mentioned them earlier. And if you're living in any of the New England states, I don't know about Maine, but Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, I mentioned those earlier. Autism Asperger's Association of New England. Now, we're going to be going to looking for job options in just a moment. I won't quote this whole article. But another reason is job options depend on abilities and challenges. I quote the article. One of the hardest realities to face as an autistic self-advocate or the parent of a child on the spectrum is that the current employment system here in the United States of America, I add that last bit in there, often doesn't give disabled people a chance. Now, they listen to an example. A young autistic adult could be a brilliant mathematician, but there might not be a job for them if they can't generalize their skills to a needed function, 
like accounting or statistics. There are some other issues that can be real hurdles to employment for autistic adults like social anxiety, severe sensory issues, I mentioned those briefly, inflexibility, you know, rigidity, we like to have the same schedule, difficulty with handling criticism, because listen, you're working, that boss is going to tell you by performance, good, bad, or otherwise. He's going to, he, she, they are going to tell you whether you're doing a good job or you're doing a bad job or you're doing good, you just need improvement in X, Y, and Z. And also the lack of ability to work in a neurotypical team environment. The article concludes, autistic adults need to understand and accept to the best of their ability their strengths and challenges in the workplace. Once these factors have been identified, a person can advocate for training, internships, and job carving. They don't go into that. And to help them find the best fit job for them. So they have it right there. There's two other reasons, but I won't waste your time with those because I want to get to the nitty-gritty as it were. Now, I also went to Autism Speaks website. I know Autism Society Till I Die, Autism Speaks just gets a bad rap. But like I said, when you're doing your research, you can't be picky choosy with where you get your sources for your research now there's your interest like you know let's say you're interested in you know playing video games maybe you your dream job would want to be a video game designer or maybe a gamer it's like esports has really taken off or maybe you want to design those games for those esport athletes to play somewhere down the line well that would be a great dream job for you now i went to college I really wanted to be uh, an on-air personality on radio. I don't know, be like a, you know, what they would call an on-air personality. It's called disc jockey, but, you know, times have changed and so is the terminology. And, you know, I volunteered at the campus radio station. I interned at one. I talked about my radio days as they were in a past episode. I'll probably re-release it sometime in the foreseeable future. You know what I'm talking about. So there's interest and hopefully you have dream jobs. But like they said, you know, you, you got to generalize those skills and your interests into a function of one job. I mean, you don't want to be like overqualified, feel like you can't really do the job now. So there you have it right there. One thing that can help you get into a job that you like or a school that will help you get in that direction is vocational rehabilitation. I mentioned that earlier, too. And there's different programs in different states. I mentioned the one here in New York State. You can apply for that. You know, take a physical and whatnot. And they can really help you out, as, you know, try to as best they can. And, of course, you got, like, psychological tests, too. I consider that when I was looking for work and before I got this job that I have now. So no need for it. All right, so we talk about what it's like to, you know, prepare for the interview. Okay, I didn't really talk about that, but autism or neurotypical, depending on who you are, you know, dress for success, make sure you ask the right questions, be neat in appearance, all that. Nothing new you need me to tell you, or I need to tell you. I should just move on. All right, well, now that you're hired, now let's say you get hired at the somewhere or other. And you're going to do, uh, well, whatever it is. Like, you know, I'm um, uh, content researcher. I think it's a lot more exciting than data entry, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, really gives it a little punch. Some would say unnecessary. Now, 
like I said, you go into an office, which I used to do. I work from home now, and I quite like it, but that's by the by. But for those who still have to daily go into an office, fight traffic and the elements and this, that, and the other, there's some accommodation that you may want to discuss with your HR. You may not want to, you know, may want to tell the boss, may not want to disclose it right away. You know, once you figure out what these challenges are, maybe you can go to HR or somebody trusted in the corner office or the front office or the suite or whatever, executive suite. And say, hey, listen, um, I like working here. I still want to work here, but yeah, I, I'm going to have to ask of you some accommodations. I hope it's not too much of a bother that you do this for me. So, you know, they could ask, like, you know, you can work from home. You can come in, like, X amount of days and work from home another, you know, rest of the week or something like that. I work from home all five days a week, as I mentioned just earlier. And I quite like it, to be honest with you. So I got the flexibility. We've had those snowstorms. Uh, they had two of them this past week. I'm like, so glad I'm working from home today. Huh, it's really nice. You know, there's also uh, the sensory issues. Like you know, with sound and everything, they could probably, you could probably allow to wear headphones so you can block out some loud noises. Or maybe it's too bright there. You can have like a, a, like a blue light or something that could really mitigate those issues. And also when it comes to socialization as well, or socializing, I should say, you know, there's going to be times like if you work at, like where I work, there's going to be a chance for some functions that are going to take place outside of the office. For example, we were going to have our holiday party the Friday before Christmas, which would have been my birthday. Actually, it was. It was going to take place that night. But Mother Nature and Old Man Winter, gall dang it, they both didn't have other ideas. So the day before our holiday party got postponed, we still haven't had it yet. It's going to be a post-Valentine's Day mixer. I don't know. I'm just saying. So there's also something you want to take into account to talk about. Like, hey, listen, I know we got this going on on uh, this particular date, whenever. And you'll probably be like, hey, listen, how much socializing do you think I could uh, possibly do? I know it's bad verbiage, but... You know, any old port in a storm, the old saying goes. So there I have it right there. I just gave you some tips. Hopefully you can use some of these if you're somebody on the spectrum who's looking to, you know, uh, get a job. And hopefully you can do anything to keep that job, too. So there you have it right there. All right, folks, we're about to reach the end of another episode of the Old Kitty Pod. But before we do, I got a little update for you. Western Union. Da, 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 da. Oh, we don't have the rights to that. Never mind. Uh, about that party I talked about just moments ago, it's on for tonight, the 27th of January, 2023. I'll talk all about it in the next episode. See how all that went. And also, we're going to do part two of Autism in the Workplace. We're going to take a deeper dive into what accommodations those of us on the spectrum could want you know, to make things easier at the workplace. So with all that out the way, finally, let's get to the pod shout-outs. First up, GFA Live, greetings from Allentown formerly. Peter Winston and Keith Langston live watched an episode of WWF Superstars. This is the one that aired November 5th, 1988. The feature match, Jake the Snake Roberts against the late, great, ravishing Rick Rude that aired sometime earlier on NBC Saturday Night's main event. You can follow Pete and the podcast at GF Allentown Pod on Twitter. 
the sportscaster Steve Bennett season 13 is underway and he brought the fire a little local flavor from western New York first up Mike Shope and Christopher Parker the Bulldog two big names in sports talk radio out in western New York Buffalo Niagara Falls and surrounding environments as well as Nashville Predators play-by-play man Pete Weber you can follow Steve on Twitter at sports underscore casters and on Instagram at the sportscasters. Meanwhile, the 24-inch podcast, Steve and Dave Rollins, did a deep dive into the 1989 Royal Rumble. You can follow that podcast on Twitter at 24 underscore inch underscore pod and on Instagram at 24-inch podcast, all one word. The Break It Down show, a big week for Pete A. Turner, Kevin Adams, Matt Ho, Michael Diber, and Majora Jackson. Four guests all this week. Majora Jackson was the most recent to come out talking about reclaiming your community. And that's a great topic right there. Also of note was Michael Dibert about Haiti, the Caribbean drug cartels. Kevin Adams discussed class and race in the frontier army, 1870 to 1890. And Matt Ho was standing tall and surviving war. So a lot of interesting topics. P.A. Turner stock and trade. He traffics in that, and that's the reason why you should check it out. The Break It Down Show is available across all your social media at Break It Down Show and the very host, the estimable P.A. Turner, at P.A. Turner across all your social media. The Loyal Littles Podcast, Scott Wilson paid a visit to Chuck and Roxy this past week. You can follow that podcast on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod and on Instagram at the Loyal Littles Podcast. And another recent addition, one in 44, the Anderson Center for Autism, way down there in the Hudson Valley of New York State, Robert Bernstein, not Leonard Bernstein, but Robert Bernstein, about autism speech and his work to help individuals with autism get a better hold of the English language. I wish he could do stuff with me. I think so, too. You could do better by that. All right. We didn't hear much from you. <laughs> he got in right at the end. <laughs> anyway, you can follow the Anderson Center on Twitter at Anderson Autism and on Instagram at Anderson Center for Autism. As for this little dog and pony show, we're available on all your platforms, or most of them anyway, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, etc., etc. If your podcaster of choice does not have me on there, number one, shame on them. Number two, copy and paste the feed from the show notes, put it on there, and you're ready to go. And if said podcaster also has reviewing and rating capabilities, do yours truly a huge solid and Send me a five-star review and a good write-up. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you in advance for all of that. All right, folks. It's back to sports here at the end of this episode of the Kitty Pod. And this weekend is Championship Sunday in the National Football League. Only two games on the schedule, and they're very important ones. The losers go home the losers. The winners go on to play in the 57th edition of the great American football game of big importance. I think I flipped those two adjectives around unexpectedly, but whatever, you get it. It's the time of the year, great anticipation, a lot of nerves. Four fan bases are just, you know, the, the tension is just tense. Let's be honest about this. And I'm going to pick the winners here as best I can. Who's going to be going to the duel in the desert February 12th? So without any further ado, let hindrance delay or me stumbling over my words... Let's get to the picks right now. Maestro, music please. 
All right, folks, it's an odd number of years, so that means the NFC title game will be the curtain raiser. And it's a goodie. The Philadelphia Eagles playing host to the San Francisco 49ers. Now, over by the Bay, it's been a renaissance here of sorts. Brock Purdy. Nobody heard of this guy outside of the Big 12. Guy played at Iowa State. I almost said Ohio State. Whoops. They can go to Big 12 make room for Oklahoma and Texas later on about a few years from now. But anyway, Brock Purdy, nobody had heard of him. He was Mr. Irrelevant. That's the name they give the guy who gets drafted last in that year's draft. Well, he's made a name for himself. He's relevant. He's almost a household name in Northern California. Taking over from Jimmy Garoppolo after his injury earlier this season. And San Francisco, a well-coached team from what I recall. Uh, that's a skull butt around town, I've heard. Meanwhile, the Philadelphia Eagles, as a Giants fan, it came me to see that game last week. Ugh. The Eagles had the Giants number, and how? They were not to be denied. First 14-win season in franchise history. And they're looking for their second trip to the Super Bowl in the last six seasons. Well, as a Giants fan, it really pains me to see the Eagles go to the Super Bowl after the ass whooping they gave Big Blue. So I'm going to say right now, 49ers minus the points. When I wrote these notes, I had no idea what the line was. I'll certainly edit it in post. All right, folks, I cut the music off suddenly. I just found out the line is Philadelphia minus two and a half. You read right. This is going to be a close one. All right, back to the podcast. All right, now we go to the nightcap, and that's the AFC Championship game. The Kansas City Chiefs playing host to the Cincinnati Bengals. Same two teams, same two quarterbacks, same venue, rematched last year. Had the Buffalo Bills beaten the Bengals, this would have been at a neutral site. Atlanta, Georgia, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, not a sponsor. Well, 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 this is going to blow your mind right here. A piece of trivia, did you know? That this is the sixth consecutive year that either the Chiefs or the Jacksonville Jaguars, their opponents last week, are in the AFC title game. I know, that sound you hear is your mind getting blown. <laughs> well, there's some uncertainty here. The Jaguars almost had the Chiefs number, but here are the Chiefs again. Kansas City got a little problem at quarterback. Pat Mahomes got injured in that contest. Chad Henney had to jump in under center and... But he got the job done by golly, and all reports say that Mahomes is going to start bummed up ankle or not. So I wrote down here, the line is only one. So I'm going to take the Chiefs straight up against Cincinnati. They're going to get it done with or without Pat Mahomes. Heck, they could put past guest Derek Patrick under center. They'll still beat him. So there are my Super Bowl picks. It's going to be San Francisco v. Kansas City. It's Super Bowl 50. Five it was? Yeah, no, 54. It was the last one before COVID. All right. Okay, cut the music off there. We're going to wrap up the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the 175th episode of the series. I thank you for listening. I truly appreciate the support. Have yourself a great weekend wherever you are. Please be safe. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you on the next one, whatever that may be. So next we talk again, as always, and above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. Here it comes. Keep smiling. Otis Webbs. Hey, Craven! Wake up! It's your Oh, yeah! Kick it! This has been a Kitty Pod production. Produced in Saratoga County, New York. 
shared with the world. This is WNYC, Albany.